you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on the Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. Simon Street, Sensing Steve, we are here today on three count. Unfortunately, DJ Impact is looking for his slippers again. So hopefully he'll find those soon. He needs them for Thanksgiving. Hopefully he'll get them by then. Uh, first topic today on three count. Uh, this is my topic. Uh, this comes from the Wrestling Observer. I'm going to read this, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about what this could mean. Uh, there is a scary bill that has been introduced in the Texas legislature. The bill is aimed at drag shows, but defines a drag show as a show that allows any trans person performing in front of an audience if minors are permitted to attend the show. So AEW and other wrestling companies, in theory, if this bill passes, wouldn't be allowed to use any of their trans performers on cards held in the state. This also would mean that uh, exodus from Mexico, uh, who regularly work with indies in Texas, would not be uh, allowed to perform. Impact wouldn't be able to use Giselle Shaw. HB 643 defines trans as anyone who performs, dresses, uses makeup, and performs in a sex other than the sex the person was at birth. Even worse, any venue who hosts an event where somebody performs in drag or allows a transgender person to perform would be then labeled an adult sexually oriented location, and from that point, no children would be allowed to attend. So in theory, if, say, AEW runs a show and for some reason Sonny Kiss or Nyla Rose were to appear on the show, the building they appear in would then no longer be allowed to have children attend any event. Keep in mind, the Curtis Colwell Center, just as an example, is usually a gym used for high school basketball games. So it would, if the law is passed, mean unless somehow the wording changes, AEW or other companies would not be allowed to use certain people on its shows in Texas because of the danger it would be for the buildings themselves and not just the promotion, not being allowed to sell tickets to the kids. It's a ridiculous bill, and because of the way it's worded, I don't see it passing. Again, that comes from Wrestler Observer. Um, you know, this it, it's interesting because we're talking about uh, just a few years back when WWE went to Saudi Arabia, you can't have any women on the show. So, I mean, what's interesting here is that they're targeting a bill that essentially is putting pressure, obviously, on the buildings. So you don't have your venue labeled as an adult-only venue. But also, in such a wide blanket, 
that even something that was a stage show like Lakaja Falls, which is a drag, you know, drag show, uh, a musical about drag show um, life, uh, would be basically something you could not perform in the state. So not only were we talking performers, but we're talking also material that can never be performed. Um, Simon, when you look at the potentiality of something like this passing, what does it say to you in terms of what Texas is thinking and compare it to the idea that, you know, we have actual drag shows here in Vegas, right? Um, so can you have a whole state mentality? And remember, Austin is in Texas, uh, that you have this total blanket ban and not lose a little bit of your culture and personality. Well, it doesn't surprise me what state it's in. And there's nothing bad toward Texas. Because Texas is pretty damn, you know, black and white with anything it does. They don't ever in the gray of shit. <clears throat> with that being said, it's unfortunate because I really, I honestly personally think it's not going to go through. It's just not. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's way too much to account for. And uh, unless you're really going to go in and sur surgically detail every word, um, it's almost impossible. And you speak of culture. That's interesting. If the culture is, is I don't think people understand um, the LGBTQ community is a culture, but it's a culture of people uh, who, who are living their lives based on the choice that they made and living in it in a positive way. I have never been I've never encountered anybody from the LGBTQ community has ever been um, overly aggressive or overly assertive with trying to go in somebody else's community or culture and push their ideals. In fact, me personally, they are one of the only groups that I can say that are very all-inclusive. You can go to any support center you want, and these people will greet you at the door and they'll treat you like family. So, And I challenge somebody to come on this show and prove me wrong, by the way. Um, so with that being said, it's unfortunate because um, it's something that won't pass. It's something that's a bit ridiculous, redundant. And then also, too, uh, from our standpoint in wrestling, uh, we're going to have more and more representation of LGBTQ community. So let's just say if it did pass, that's going to be hard to uphold in the upcoming years because WWE, AEW, New Japan, uh, you are going to see representation. You know, uh, it, it is a culture. It is an identifiable culture. And I'll say it. it. We have I have people in my family that are part of that culture. And I'll be damned if I'm going to have anybody say that they can't uh, live out their passion. You know, what I mean, uh, and have it to where what if there's a young kid that identifies it at a young age, whether you agree to it or not. And now you're telling them they can't go. Lots yeah. about Texas. Think, think bigger than your state mentality. Yeah, and one of the uh, things that's interesting about this bill is that it essentially says that you cannot be dressed in drag and perform in front of kids. Well, famously, WWE ran an angle with Brian Pillman where when he lost, he had to wear a dress. <laughs> now, of course, we're going back years, and maybe that wouldn't be something that would be stipulated nowadays. But at the same time, if you wanted to do that or if you wanted to just have someone... Uh, fake someone out by dressing as from behind as a woman 
Yeah. Technically, now you broke the laws. So, Steve, when you look at the potential of, let's say, AEW, because WWE currently doesn't have anyone that we know of that would be transgender, um, do they then, if this bill were, were to pass, totally hypothetical, do you then boycott the state by not taking your product there? So I think that it's definitely a catch-22. Um, unfortunately, we have to look at this like as if uh, like as if it's going to pass, just because for argumentative sake. Um, right. I think that the, the source material in this article made it perfectly clear. Uh, the way that, the, that this bill is worded, uh, it paints in such wide of a brush that I don't think that it is going to pass, uh, regardless, because there is so much left for interpretation because there's some, so much of a gray area. Um, I can compartmentalize and view both sides of the argument with it. Um, the fact is the, this is coming from a place where certain individuals are wanting to protect children. And I, I can respect that. I, I believe that children must be protected. Uh, at the same time, the wording in this bill is extremely ambiguous. It's, it leaves way too much for interpretation. Um, and it's, again, it's casting so wide of a net that it assumes that everyone involved in the LGBTQ community is a predator. And that is definitely not the case. We all know that. Um, yeah. at least anybody with a working, a working brain. Um, but the fact is at the end of the day, um, wording is important, not just with this bill, but with every bill, every piece of legislation that is, you know, at risk of being passed or voted on. Um, and it, it just, it underscores the fact that we as a, as a, as a society, mm -hmm. as a, a government structure, um, you know, we, we should not endorse, um, wide sweeping changes such as this. Um, because as you had mentioned, uh, you know, you had mentioned the Brian Pillman incident, uh, angle you had, uh, you didn't mention like big veto or hell right. gold dust half the shit mm -hmm. that he did in, in WWE, uh, during the attitude era. Um, and you know, with respect to the, the trans wrestlers that are on mainstream rosters, um, I, I don't think that this is beneficial to the promoters. I don't think this is beneficial to those participants. Uh, and realistically, I don't think that this is beneficial to the fans either because it, it goes back to your initial question in that it does put promoters in a very, very precarious position. Do you boycott the building? Do you boycott the entire state? Um, realistically, it's, it's something that everything will have to be, you know, gone over, extremely delicately with, with a fine tooth comb. And again, that's, if this passes, I don't think it will. So hopefully this is all for naught and you know, it won't matter. Yeah. Uh, the, um, you know, the, the thing with this is that, um, from what I know, from what I can tell it's starting, um, it's starting because of the backlash about these drag show brunch, right. uh, you know, reading to kids. The story hours. Yeah. The story hours. Exactly. So, um, so what do you do? You overreact it um, to, to whip up your base. Um, but 
the scary thing about Texas is Texas is also the state that put in place the fact that you can legally call on your neighbor if she's going to get an abortion. So it's not out of the realm that that extremity of the law could be there, um, which opens the door for all those questions on how does it affect the, uh, the entertainment aspect. And I think in protest, Mark Cuban should have the Dallas Mavericks play in high heels. That's my that's my protest solution right there. You know what's so funny though? Texas got bigger things they need to worry about. They still trying to figure out uh, how long does it take for uh, you know policing of Audi, Texas to, to to get to a building and then be transparent the whole time that it was wasn't forty minutes. I mean, there's tons of other shit that they could be talking about. So yeah, the that, fact that, that that's another even, matter. That's another matter entirely. The the police department in that particular city were too afraid to go into the building. Well, but, but, that's, but that's what I'm but, saying. But, I don't want to go down the road and talk no, about I, it. I, I totally follow exactly yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, there's way bigger things they need to focus on. Lead us along, Texas. Figure out some other shit. There we go. All right. This is uh, count number two. CM Punk breaks silence on AEW drama. Uh, this is um, coming to us from WrestleTalk.com. Uh, CM Punk has finally broken his silence silence on the drama between himself, AEW, and reportedly the locker room for the first time since All Out. When we last heard substantive comments from CM Punk, he had just eaten copious baked goods and changed the course of AEW history. This time, however, his comments were admittedly more Flippant, however, his off-the-cuff response to a rib from his current colleague was enough to make fans take note. On commentary for an MMA event, CM Punk's commentary team partner cracked a joke first about Punk's injury status, to which Punk replied, Everything is hurt. I'm nursing everything. When they went on to tease that they were hoping to create a new professional wrestling organization and looking for a big signing, Punk interjected, oh, I'm bad news. You don't want me in the locker room. To which the fellow broadcaster commented, yeah, dude, we'll mess up your entire organization. I like working here, man. Don't let him do any press conferences as CM Punk laughed along. CM Punk remains off. AEW television after having been forced to evacuate, uh, I'm sorry, vacate the AEW World Championship title after there was an altercation backstage involving numerous staff. All right, Simon Street, that's your story. What uh, is your take on CM Punk? CM Punk is, is such a delightful uh, individual. Um, it, it's just the it's one way I can say it. Delightful in the sense of just wow. Uh, and the crazy thing is there was actually a clip on that thing. I wish we could have shown it because, you know, the, the way it was said was so uh, casual in the sense of uh, I wonder almost was it planned, to be honest, you scripted. Uh, I know those guys have worked together before, so they probably already have that cohesiveness to be able to joke like that. Um, sure. They were talking about they're going to come out with their own uh, furry rest, uh, fury wrestling, furry wrestling. That sounds funny. Um, uh, fury wrestling, uh, but but alluding to the whole in a way roundabout way of rumors. You know, what I mean, uh, uh, you know, he's going to mess up your whole organization. I, you know, anytime people uh, entertain 
things that have been unsubstantiated usually means probably some shit did happen. And uh, CM Punk, unfortunately, does no favors for himself in the past of being a person that look his like like his personification in the ring is probably uh, his real life. Uh, you know where kayfabe blends in with real life. You know I can see him being very outspoken, very uh, you know saying stuff doesn't work and whatnot. You know uh, bless his heart for that. However. I brought this this article up because why couldn't you? Because, hey, they literally uh, was looking for an article and it just popped up. And I was like, OK, well, we at least now hear from him. Tony Khan has actually uh, spoken a little bit cryptically about how he feels about the whole uh, thing with with uh, CM Punk. And he basically says, you know, try not to say too much, you know, about the whole situation and uh, basically saying he wishing everybody the best. I think we're going to eventually hear more about this because uh, because everybody's being cryptic. And that's why I brought it up to see what your take is. Everybody's still being cryptic, which means you can't really fucking say what happens. And eventually us fans, uh, whether you're AEW or not, we're going to want to know what the whole story is or we're going to start filling in the blanks. And well, hey, I know us three guys are pretty realistic with our shit, but there's a whole bunch of people out there. that well, when they fill in the blanks, I feel like I'm sitting at a game of uh, uh, what is that card game? uh cards cards among us yeah cards against humanity cards against humanity yeah some of their feeling the blanks are pretty scary so i just wanted to bring it up to see what you guys' take is on that is this interesting steve what's your feelings on you know punk resurfacing doing the mma commentary uh and uh having this you know come up as part of the conversation well, I mean, you know, when you have somebody that is in dire, desperate need of staying in the spotlight in any way that he can, uh, this is going to keep him relevant in some way, shape or form. Uh, the fact that we're talking about him and these comments that he made on a C-level MMA pay-per-view uh, is just indicative of where CM Punk is right now. Um, unfortunately, it, uh, it looks like Phil Brooks has burned both main bridges. Um, I know that, uh, everybody was like, Oh, well, Vince is gone. He's going to go back to WWE. I don't quite know about that. The terms between he and Paul Levesque were not good. And in yeah. fact, they were even worse than Vince. Um, yeah. so that's not going to happen. Newsflash. And if it does, then I will come on this show and I will say that I'm wrong. Um, because I, unlike certain people in which I'm speaking about right now can admit when I'm wrong. Anyway, um, yeah, CM Punk, uh, it is what it is with the guy. Uh, I was a huge fan of CM Punk for several years. Um, he was one of the main reasons why I stopped consuming alcohol. And I have no, I have no reason or no, uh, no trepidation with telling everybody that, um, he was one of the major reasons why. And, um, it, it's, it's one of those things that yes, they're, they're, is still uh, personal respect level. Um, but as far as professionally, um, this is a way for CM Punk to stay in the spotlight and possibly, you know, increase whatever kind of uh, premium that he has for his booking fees. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, I just, I think at this point, Steve, all you need to see to prove that Punk is just the absolute piece of scum that people make him out to be is a picture of him or a video of him actually drinking. 
That's the only thing he hasn't done yet is totally yeah. blow out of the water the fucking, you know, the the clean aspect of everything. So it's it's interesting. I think I mean obviously this is, you know, fans fishing for something. Oh yeah. It's a fun, funny moment, but you're right. It's a sea show. Um and um you know, Simon you you had some good thoughts on it as well. Um so, you know, again, it it's almost at this point it's CM Punk fatigue and it's just like dude go away for a while. Yeah. It worked if notice he was popular when he went away for 7 years. <laughs> so, take 10 off, Phil. Take 10 off. Yeah. You know, right. I'll say I'll say I'll say one thing real quick with that. It's probably good he does that too because there are other people connected to him in his life that actually are on the come up. Uh you know, and I'm not saying that he would purposely do anything to jeopardize the ones closest to him. But sometimes we can unintentionally cause more challenges to the people that's close to us because we insatialize ourselves for controversy. I'll just say it is that if you listen to CM Punk, you know what I'm talking about, man. Yeah. Um, or you get a bank account with your uh, mom's uh, co-signing on it. So <laughs> there you go. All right. Count number three. This comes from wrestling headlines. Tony Khan on connecting with wrestling fans on social media, how his AEW work benefits from Jacksonville Jaguars and Fulham FC experience. Uh, AEW president, CEO, general manager, head of creative, Tony Khan, recently spoke with The Ringer's Ian Douglas and commented on how fans have been very real on social media since AEW launched in 2019. That's been the biggest difference, connecting with real people and seeing what they like and balancing that with what I want to do. But frankly, I want to do it because I want to have a great promotion that the fans want to see, Khan said. I'm a big wrestling fan, and I want the other wrestling fans to like it. I do think I share tastes with a lot of our fans because I enjoy the show too. A lot of the stuff they like, I also like. And some, if some of the stuff we put on the air doesn't go perfect, I would probably agree with them that it didn't go perfect. I like staying on the pulse of the online wrestling community. Uh, pro wrestlers in AEW are also very real. Khan said he's fortunate to have acquired plenty of experience interacting with performers and personal uh, personnel in other athletic ventures owned by his father, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Fulham FC Soccer Club in the UK. Khan holds executive positions with both franchises and likes to, the, uh, to pair the booking skills he acquired in the world of e-wrestling when he was younger uh with what he's learned from other athletic ventures and the marriage of the two sets of experience have served him well now that he's fully immersed himself in the world of authentic pro wrestling quote my experiences in pro wrestling working in the nfl and particularly as director of football for fulham I have seen that the difference between being a fan and working in the industry is that you have to be a people person. And also that people are the key factor. Khan explained. Just the simple act of telling people what they're going to do is very different in real life. When you're dealing with, with an actual human people uh, and trying to get them to do things in a way that they're actually going to feel good about 
logistically uh, good about it, whether it's football or wrestling, you also have all these people with great ideas, but there are a lot of ideas that you can't do either because they're not possible logistically or the people are already involved in something else. So it doesn't fit the schedule. Other times, they're just things you wouldn't want to do. A lot of it comes down to trusting your instincts. Okay. So, Steve, this is your topic. Um, first off, uh, anyone who, if you want to rewind that, and anytime the word people is said, take a shot. I will be nice and lit. Wow. <laughs> or passed out. Or passed out. So, Steve, uh, what is your take on Tony Khan, uh, you know, giving his shout out to the Internet folks? So I think that we all knew that this was somewhat his thought process. Um, the main reason why I had had picked this, you know, this article uh, with these particular sound bites out um, is I think that we get too critical of Tony Khan and just say, oh, well, he's just a money mark. He doesn't know exactly what the hell he's doing. He has no experience. But realistically speaking, um, he does have executive positions with the Jaguars, with Fulham, and it's he he's running things like a sports organization as opposed to like a pro wrestling company. Um, so it it's one of those things. Yes, AEW is a work in progress. Uh, and that's one thing that, I personally, as a fan of AEW, I actually, I commend him for being so transparent that he does watch, listen, um, and seek feedback from the internet wrestling community. Um, now, obviously, as he mentions in there, uh, he's not just going to follow rank and file with everything that the IWC says um, as far as, oh, well, this is what we should do. So the entire company should be run by the internet wrestling community. Um, but I think that there definitely does need to be a give and take. Um, I, I genuinely think that when Tony Khan says that he takes what is said about AEW, the things that they do on programming, um, when he says that they actually seek out that feedback and they, they value the feedback um, that he's being genuine with that. I think that, Another thing that stands out to me also is that Tony Khan did e-wrestling back in the day. So if either of you are familiar with e-wrestling or e-fetting, um, it's it's very interesting. And quite frankly, I ran an e-fed for the better part of a decade in college and uh, the time after college. So yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that I have access to those email applications for uh, the people in my e-fed. I'm just on a whim, going to go back and going to scan through everybody that, uh, that passed through who knows, maybe I was a, uh, a president for a fed in which Tony Khan wrote for a character. That'd be interesting. Mm. Explain a lot of things. Indeed. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, how are you getting them checks from them? <laughs> hey man, hey, do, how, how do you, why do you think he watches the show? I mean, come on now. Yeah. No, it, it, it's it's very cool to see, and you, awesome. gotta, you, you gotta say that he's definitely taken his e experience to his uh, his jobs because obviously uh, he must have had a fantasy football team and they think they know how to do a football team now. So hmm. good for it's you funny guys. You say that it's funny you say that. 
Go ahead, Slavin. No, I was, I, that, that was actually the angle I was kind of going when I see this. Like, okay, here's the thing. The issue that I have directly with Tony Khan is you can't have your feet in both pools. You got to be in one or the other, and especially because of the position you are in and you are cultivating another option. And this is your words, not mine. And I recognize that that's what AEW is, another option. So the difference between him right now and a Triple H is you don't you don't see Triple H many a times on screen, even though you think he should. Even when they had a DX reunion, you didn't see him as much because now his roles have changed. Executive roles have changed, right? A little bit more, right? And I'm saying Triple H because he knows how to put both feet in the pool temporarily. Do you see what I'm saying? He's had experience. Tony, you don't have experience in that. Okay? So stop doing that. I do see where his experience as what was said in this article, for many reasons, maybe not the, the, the E-Federation as much, although you can't get experience from that. But talking to people, yes, there is a way to talk to people to get them to do what you want. There's a systematic way of doing that. There's also coupled with having organic trust, not emotional trust. Hey, I like Tony Khan. He's cool, man. We had a great conversation. No, 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 no. Professional, functional trust, which comes from respect. That has to organically come from being in the trenches with you guys, being able to talk to people when they have situations like, hey, my, 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 my wife's about to have a baby. I'm supposed to go into the show. Can we move this car down early in the show so I quickly go on a flight? or having to deal with some of the issues. The reason why I bring up some of those things is because recently he's had to wade through a lot of crazy shit in the locker room. Fights, another fights, you know, bickering. You got to learn to put your feet in the pool that's needed for your company to succeed. You coming out on the show inventing or making it your number one mainstay of being on social media should not be one of them. You should be paying somebody to be your voice. Do you see what I'm saying? And the only reason why I say that is because you mentioned earlier, Michaels, about just because you for decades have done uh, fantasy football or maybe you played Madden manager league. Right. It doesn't mean you can go into the NFL and run a team. Now, the one thing I love about Cincinnati Steve is he's somebody that he knows what he is and knows what he ain't. Notice he said I've done for a better part of the decade of being an E-Federation. But you don't see Sin City Steve talk about, man, I'm going to go ahead and start my own pro, pro wrestling. And I know everything. And, and wait, the majority wait, wait, wait. of my experience Hold is from. Hold on. He, he never does that. The only reason he doesn't do that is because he ain't got Tony Khan money. I don't got the money. <laughs> even, even if he didn't have the money, I would like to think that Sin City Steve has a little bit more integrity to be able to at least say, oh. I have an idea of what could be done but would like to leave myself open to learn a lot more of what is required to run the company. Notice I delicately put that because now, everybody has ideas like they have assholes, but like until it's it. time to sell them the pot and shit, you ain't got shit. Simon, realistically, if I had that Tony Khan money, I would surround myself with the people that would oversee the day-to-day -day operation. So I didn't have to. And pay somebody to speak for you. Exactly. Instead of you have to do at that. That's all I'm saying. Because yeah. if I got the money, I'm delegating the motherfucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. There you have it. That's three count. Uh, final thoughts, Simon Street. Um, you know what? For once, I'm going to go ahead and uh, normally I do it differently. But it was just reported this morning 
um, that actor Jason David Frank, betterly known as the Green Ranger on Power Rangers and the White Ranger, uh, has has died tragically at 49. Uh, some reports are stating that um, it was an act of suicide. Um, this is unfortunate news. Um, I think for a lot of people that probably listen to this, particularly some people in the age range of, I would say, probably as young as 18 years old to probably our age, about 40, many a times probably watched Power Rangers. I know for me, uh, not even just that, but also what he did outside of that. He, I believe, um, was almost attended every show. I think even when we went to Toy Con, Matt Michaels way back, I think he was one of the guys that was there. Uh, and um, I know he lived in Vegas for quite some time, uh, and it's just very sad to hear. And I say that as to uh, for anybody out there that if you are having any thoughts of in it at all, I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest with y'all. Um, I've been there before, to where I've had those thoughts, and I felt that I was truly and utterly alone. And I didn't want to talk to somebody because I didn't want somebody telling me, "Hey, are you okay?" No, I'm not okay. But it's important that you understand that there you do have a bright future. There is more to tomorrow than what you're experiencing today. And I know it's hard to see that. So for anybody, if you all listen to this, please, 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 there are people that want to help you. Please go look up the uh, Suicide Crisis Intervention Hotline. Uh, those people will be on the phone for you and be able to help you through anything that you have. Talk to a family, a friend you can get through this. And so my family, um, my heart goes out to the family of Jason David Frank. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely be missed. Steve. Uh, thank you guys for, you know, liking, sharing, subscribing. Um, thank you for everything. I know that it's difficult to follow, uh, you know, such a, the, such a heartfelt thing uh, that Simon said, but uh yeah, we genuinely appreciate each and every single person listening to us or watching us. Uh, thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. We genuinely appreciate each and every one of you. Um, and also very special thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're doing it on lands foreign or domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And last but not least, repsports.com. REPPsports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. There you go. Everyone, thank you for tuning in this week. And remember, we have a Thanksgiving special coming out tomorrow. So check that out. Until next week, happy wrestling, everybody. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.